So yeah, what does it feel like? We're only a few feet away from George Floyd's murder. Shit, man. I mean, I was just talking to these guys about it. Uh, I didn't even realize we're coming up here, but it's surreal, you know, it's surreal. But it's very um, sobering too, you know, because uh, seeing his image sparked a revolution. It sparked a revolution in the most militarized country in the world, the, more, the country that has the most superpower, has the world on lock. And his martyrdom sparked a revolution, man. And that's hard to do in America. There's been times where it's been kind of happening, kind of happening, but this erupted in all over, all the cities in America, all the major cities, you know, people on the reservations are feeling it, you know, he's speaking for everybody that got murdered, his death spoke for everybody that got murdered by police, and that's important to know that his death doesn't overshadow everyone else's death, that it just, it, it, it magnifies it, ten, times ten. Justice to everybody. We thank him for his life. As me, as a native, I thank him for his life, and I hope he's in the next life with his ancestors and everybody. He's living good. But out here, we're gonna keep on fighting. We're gonna keep on showing out, man. We're gonna keep on uh, making sure that the balance is met. That's only one of hundreds of reflections from people on the ground in Minneapolis. I don't know about many of you, but I've been glued to Unicorn Ryan's live streaming from Minneapolis, the heartland of the Black Lives Matter uprising that for more than a week now we've seen spread across all of America and indeed in solidarity across the world. Um, it just touched me. I thought it was pretty beautiful and, and quite succinct. Although I, <laughs> there's so many reflections from people on the ground. This is people in America Black people, their supporters, their allies, people who believe in social justice, in equality, in anti-racism, taking the, the sense of injustice, the outrage into their own hands. And it's been a brutal few days. Anyone who remained under the illusion that the police force in America was there to serve and protect them and not to um, protect themselves and the state and power, um, then they would have had those illusions, I think, particularly if they were watching people on the ground and live streams dispelled. So it's been brutal. There's been so much violence coming out from the racist police force in America, but it's been fucking inspiring too. My name's Tom Tanneke. This is The Pork and Feed the Birds. I want to join the international call for justice, not only for George Floyd, but of every black man or woman or child in America that's been subject to violence or death at the hands of the American state. I want to express that international solidarity with Black Lives Matter, but also to acknowledge, and this is vital, that here in Australia, we share a modern history of invasion, and brutal colonialism. We share a history of slavery. We share a racist government and police force. We share deaths in custody, deaths at the hand of the state, Indigenous peoples here have experienced all of it. They survive, but they continue to experience it now. So you don't have to adapt the message of Black Lives Matter to here. It all directly translates. What's more, Indigenous people and activists and allies have called out and fought against this for decades, for long before Black Lives Matter ever existed. 
parallel to the black civil rights movement over there. There's a rich history of Aboriginal civil rights movements in Australia as well. And I hope that in future episodes, we can speak to people and delve into some of that. That's one of my dreams for this one. When I started this podcast at the beginning of the year, I talked in the first episode about how I knew that we were about to enter into a decade of social unrest. But if you hadn't told me back then at the start of the year that we would witness the first of what's going to be many years of ravaging bushfires, a fucking virus that would unseat economies around the world, and now these protests, this uprising that's spread across all of America, the cultural reflections of which will be filled, the echoes of which will be felt around the world, I would not have believed you. But then again, what's unbelievable anymore? We have entered the cool zone. This episode, I want to list and to talk about some of the stuff that I've learned over the years and that I've learned from my comrades when it comes to rallies. Rally preparation, what to do when you're at a rally, what to do if shit goes awry a little bit, how to rally if you can at all in coronavirus, and also what to do if you can't rally, Um, you know, solidarity from home, who to donate to, other things that you can do. You know, I do this because I've had many questions from comrades, from friends, people who aren't necessarily so strictly involved in anti-racism and social justice at normal times. But then again, this is not a normal time. So I know that there's lots of people who are concerned. They don't know what they're about to go into. As I record this, there are set to be a series of protests all around Australia, starting from tomorrow, but then in various different days. At the end of the episode, I'll be listing the ones that I know about and people's questions about those protests, which have been organised by groups like War and Fist and a series of other Indigenous rights groups and their allies all around the nation. And people have had questions for me about what to expect. And I don't know because every protest is completely situational and we'll get into that later. Um, Everything's different and every rally is fluid but whilst the organisers have stressed that these are peaceful protests, people are right to ask questions and people are right to prepare themselves for a variety of different realities, particularly given that we are entering the cool zone. So with that in mind, I'm going to go through some of the stuff that I've learned about rallies over time, some of the stuff that, depending on what happens, you should expect and might want to watch out for, and how to best handle yourself at a rally with many thousands of people at it. Before I do that, though I speak, I do not speak alone. I am part of the Channel Zero Network, which is an international network of anarchist-informed podcasts which are currently all about rallies and all about rally prep. With that in mind, here is a very succinct, brief series of tips from people, comrades of mine in the Channel Zero network, intended mostly for their comrades over in the US, uh, attending Black Lives Matter uprisings around America at the moment, but hell, it certainly applies here depending on the situation you're heading into. As protests heat up, the Channel Zero Network has some reminders on how to stay safe while out in the streets. Bring buddies and don't let them out of the range of your voice. Write a legal aid number on your body so you can get help if you get arrested. Be sure to know your buddies' legal names and birthdays. You'll need these to help find them if they're arrested. When moving around, walk, don't run. 
stick together. Turn off your phone while out in the streets to avoid surveillance of your location and so as not to have your unlocked phone taken by the authorities or other bad actors. Try your best not to stick out in a crowd. Cover up tattoos with clothing or body paint. Cops will use footage from the protest to try to identify you. Wear clothes that are good for moving quickly. Avoid wearing jewelry and wear closed-toed shoes. Wear your mask at all times, even if you're talking to someone, in order to guard yourself against surveillance, COVID-19, pepper spray, and tear gas. Avoid wearing contact lenses. Bring goggles of some kind in case of tear gas or pepper spray. Consider wearing bike helmets as police often cause head injuries with batons and other weapons. Don't take photos or videos of people doing anything illegal or with their faces uncovered. Whenever possible, film the cops, not the protesters. Only put water in your eyes. Don't use milk or baking soda or anything else. Clean water is the safest thing to use at a protest. If possible, bring a water bottle to drink from and a water bottle to flush out the eyes of any comrades who are maced or tear gassed. And white comrades are encouraged to follow the lead of black and brown comrades as they bear the brunt of state brutality. Follow Unicorn Riot and Channel Zero Network member It's Going Down for ongoing updates. The Channel Zero Network sends you all solidarity. Stay safe out there and never stop fighting for a better world. And you might be thinking, like, hang on, what the fuck? Tear gas? Don't, don't worry, okay? That's not... That's American. Uh, and I did say, you know... I'm not just intending for this to be a guide for these particular rallies, which, again, I must stress, war and fist and, you know, several other sort of organisers in solidarity with Indigenous people and Black Lives Matter and what have you have all said they want the protests beginning tomorrow around Australia to be non-violent. So I'm not trying to get you shook and make you think you're definitely... You're not going to get tear gas because they don't use that in Australia. Um, they use a stronger pepper spray here in Australia than they do over in actually just nice of them and it's it takes the form of a foam but don't worry hey hey i'm getting out of myself trying to tell you the point of the protest tomorrow is meant to be non-violent okay they are supposed to be they are strictly built as peaceful protests however we need to remember that this is happening in a global context and in the global context you know i've seen uprisings across all 50 states of America. I've seen Greek anarchists throwing Molotov cocktails at the US Embassy there. Um, I've seen areas of London on fire. And we need to remember that a lot of things can happen. We don't necessarily know. So in that spirit, this is intended to be a general guide that I may update from time to time if the occasion calls for it, but for rallies, rally prep, what to do at a rally, what to do if shit goes off at a rally, what to do if you can't go to a rally, and in the case of this one, can you rally during coronavirus? So that's our first question. Can you rally during the coronavirus? Well, I suppose, you know, more said this in their, their, their um, events for the Brisbane and the Melbourne rallies, let's not forget COVID-19 is still around. It hasn't gone. There's a lot of people who seek to question the motives of the rally, saying, oh, you know, uh, you know, particularly in my case, you know, I've, I've, I've certainly called, called into question the anti-lockdown movements and now suddenly I'm, you know, declaring my intention to head to a rally tomorrow whilst the coronavirus is still going. I understand 
that in the context of America, where over 40 million people have lost their jobs and over 100,000 people and counting have died from coronavirus, and you've got this fucking clown president who is just baiting and pitting people against each other and a stoked culture war that has gone for years and years whilst black people continue to die. Those people had simply had enough and they don't need to be reminded that coronavirus is still around. They had simply had enough and I stand in solidarity with them. And I want to go along tomorrow. But that doesn't mean that we are America. And it, again, doesn't mean the coronavirus is not still around. Because it is. But I think it's important. So whilst I'm going to go, I'm going to do my damned best to stick to social distancing. And I ask you to do the same. So how does that look? Please wear a face mask. Priceline and shops like that are selling packs of disposable masks. People here um, seem to think they know better. They've read one or two opinion columns about how masks aren't all that effective. Um, they are effective. They're a barrier. They stop you from putting all your rank corona germs on other people and, and can stop other people. It can form a barrier if you handle the mask properly for other people transferring to you. Actually, the best benefit of though is that if you have coronavirus, if you, and you probably are, let's face it, an asymptomatic host carrier, then it stops other people from getting your rank corona mouth germs all over them. So, fuck you, Corona Gronk. Put a mask on. Use hand sanitizer. Don't touch people. Try and stay where you can stay out of the way of people. If there's going to be thousands of people in a tight area, I know that's hard. Try and stand back. Try and keep space. And hey, stay home if you're sick or at a high risk for infection. And if you or anyone you live or have regular contact with is immunocompromised or older, then just don't come. Remember, we all run a rally, but we have a pandemic on. America had, you know, as I said earlier, 40 million people out of work, 100,000 people plus dying. They had had enough. It's not just racism. It's also because they were at breaking point anyway. So we don't have to all get coronavirus and, and this is important, infect our Indigenous comrades we share their racism and their colonialism and their violent racist police force, but we don't need to put a death lung virus in each other's lungs right now just because they've had enough. <sighs> yeah, it's a fucking weird time. I'm just saying, don't feel bad for feeling worried about COVID-19. I've been following the anti-lockdown a lot. If you've been watching my videos, you'll know. So let me tell you, God fucking bless you for feeling worried about COVID-19 because a lot of your country folks certainly aren't. All I'm saying is take the precautions. And yes, this is an important rally and an important time globally, but weigh it up. And you aren't useless from home. You can support by sharing and making posts on social media. If you find out intel regarding the rally and what have you from home, you can report that to people. You can communicate with your friends on the ground and make sure they're safe. You can talk to more of your friends and family about why they need to support these protests. 
you can donate, you can communicate with your racist gronk uncle. You can do a lot of things. And again, as I said earlier, at the end of the episode, I'll list some organisations you can look up and even donate to. Before a rally, there's a few things to consider beforehand. Let's go through those. First of all, what to bring. Bring things with you in a backpack, I think, just to be safe. One that ties up closely to your back. You know, you can use the straps, you can keep it closely there so that you can be mobile. If you've got a spare charger for your phone or what have you, bring that. Bring water, bring like a good litre or two of water. Bring a fucking snack, you know? You don't need a full packed lunch, but a few snacks because you don't know how long the thing's gonna go for, do you? Bring temperature appropriate clothes. Assuming it might start raining at one point, maybe a light raincoat. And, and I think this is important, tell mates where you're going for the day. Secondly, bring a fucking mask. We talked about that. It's important. You know, it's not just important because of coronavirus. It actually can also help protect you, as we heard in that Channel Zero promo before, protect you from surveillance. Aussie cops love surveillance. You know, they've got things like they've got drones up in the sky. They've got people filming everyone there. We'll get into what the cops do later on. But surveillance is a real thing and I would rather, not just because of coronavirus, but also because of surveillance, you got into good security culture at rallies. Learn about it now, start thinking about it. Bring a mask, promote mask wearing culture. Now consider that if you know what you're getting into and it's dangerous to you or your comrades around you, then you might want to consider bringing cash and you might want to consider either not bringing your phone with you. I don't think that's too, you know, this is contextually might be appropriate to some actions, but you might want to consider either not bringing it with you or facing the eventuality that at some point you're going to turn it off and put it into your backpack. But obviously you then remove your ability to communicate with people around you and to film, you know, horrible police officers doing horrible shit and so on and so forth. So that's something to consider. But think about that. And so if you find yourself with that off, then you might want some cash on you just in case you use the pay thing generally on your phone. Cash is good. And also um, consider in that sense whether you want to be bringing your ID or not. And we weigh that up. And again, this is situational. Every rally is situational. What you're supposed to be going to tomorrow is a very large rally for Black Lives Matter solidarity in Australia with thousands of people that has been built expressly as a peaceful one. So you might not need to worry about all those things, but it's something to consider depending on what you're going to in future. If you're driving in, drive well away from the rally and to an accessible place that you will be able to navigate to while steering well clear of the rally. So what I'm saying is that if a rally's in certain area, what you might want to be able to do at the end of it is leave the area and maybe do a big circle around the area of the rally. I'm saying taking into consideration that you don't know how things will end, you may want to be staying well clear of the area. So think about accessibility in that sense. If you're public transporting it in, wear a mask. Again, preference cash. And here's a thing, please go with other people. You know, are you identifiable to say fascists due to your activism or you being a loudmouth online? 
or a hero or anything else you've done will consider that. Don't go alone and probably more importantly, don't leave alone either, please. I want you leaving out of there with other people who can be their eyes and ears with you. During a rally, the important thing to understand, as I said earlier, rallies are completely situational. Organising them is completely situational and completely fluid. Attending them and being a useful part of them is the same. The general rule of thumb is you follow instructions from marshals or organisers. You listen to the speakers as best you can. You move with the rally. You may get surprised by sudden orders or changes in attitude from the cops or different instructions from the people running the rally. You walk down a street in a city with a thousand idiots standing on the side of the road filming you like you're an animal in a zoo. And you sit there in your head thinking, well, can you stop doing that and actually join in with me? You fucking drunk. But it really happens. That's just part of it. And, and this is important, you're filmed by 100 cameras who are all trying to capture you doing something fucking stupid so you can give all of the rally a bad name. So we're in 2020 here, guys. You can't say to people, to every person live streaming, don't film me. Fucking forget about it. If you think you're not going to be able to stop that one footage, you know what you can't stop? The police drone, 200 metres above you. And I know they do this in Melbourne. I assume they do it in other states too. A high-quality copper drone a couple hundred metres ahead taking photos of people. It does happen. Everyone's filming you. Everyone's going to capture the gronk thing you do. Everyone's going to be able to misrepresent what you do if you do something fucking stupid as being the intentions of all of the rally. So you need to keep that in mind. And this is why it's so important to honour the wishes of the organisers and stay on, on, stay on message. Don't talk to the police. You could endanger yourself, endanger people around you. They're not your pals normally, all right? But they're definitely not your pals at a protest. They want you gone. That's what they want. They want you silent, gone. They are not your friends. They will manipulate and they will use you to fuck things up and to make sure that people get carted away or endangered. I'm not saying you have to be a cunt about it. You don't need to be a hero here and abuse police officers. In fact, you know, when you're at a rally expressing solidarity with Black Lives Matter and with indigenous organizers, can can you not, you know? Because as the Channel Zero promo said earlier, it's our black and brown comrades who uh, bear the brunt of police brutality anyway. So, you know, odds on, they might cop it well before you do if you're a white comrade, so just think about that. You can simply act like a vague idiot and palm them off. Organised rallies nominate a police liaison. That's how it works. In fact, there's always got to be one. If the rally hasn't organised one, then they'll nominate the speakers as that liaison. In all instances, there's a better person for the cops to speak to than you. So refer them to those people. You don't know. That's it. You don't know. Oh, I don't know, officer. 
I'm not saying you need to give him the full ACAB. I'm just saying, you dunno, officer. The police liaison at rallies is supposed to be adept at de-escalation. That's why all good rallies have one appointed. Ideally, they've just got one because if you have multiple police liaisons, it can lead to police manipulation. Police will tell one thing to one of them, one thing to the other, causes cars. It's actually a really interesting dynamic, the one between a police liaison and the coppers. I have seen both elements manipulate the other to a terrible effect, but it's an interesting one, but it's not necessarily one you need to concern yourself with. Hopefully, I've just given you the impression that this is all a lot more complex and difficult than you might have realised. And you can fuck it up by being a gronk to coppers. So just don't, okay? Another group of people not to talk to, media. If media talk to you, remember, you are representing yourself and not the rally, but consider that they will frame you as representative of the rally anyway. Do you think the organisers will want that? No. Who are you? You're a gronk. That's a fairly simple answer, actually, because I know they don't want that. War have said they will hold a press conference, I think in both Melbourne and Brisbane, so media can get their answers there anyway. Why would they get them from you? Who are you? You're a gronk. I include myself in that as well. I'm a gronk. Besides, are you confident that you can capably represent tens of thousands of people at a series of anti-racist demos before a media that are inclined to grab misrepresentative sound bites from you to demonise you and all your comrades? No, you're not. I'm not confident in you either. Sorry. So defer them onto the organisers. You tell them you're not in a position to represent the rally. They'll go, oh no, it's just you I want to talk to. Fuck that. Avoid. Tell rally marshals or even the comrades around you if you see anything suspicious or weird in or around the rally. Anyone acting oddly, anything like that, okay? Yes, there's such a thing. It's not just America with provocateurs and what have you. Yes, there's such a thing as plants and people who come into rallies and have intentions contrary to that of the, 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 the majority of people at the rally and sometimes they can fuck it up. Yes, it's a thing. Don't get too paranoid about it, but be aware. I mean, yeah, maybe you're going mad or maybe that thing you're watching is an issue. And maybe you'll be doing everyone a massive favour by letting them know what you've seen. So talk to the people around you at the very least. Odds on they'll have an idea or two as to what to do if there's an issue appearing. If a rally turns hostile, please follow martial instructions, but also... Don't run, don't cause panic. The most important thing is that you're supposed to be protecting and watching out for the people around you, okay? We're actually very lucky at rallies like this to be standing around comrades and, and people for once who believe broadly in the same sort of things as you, you know? So these are people, these are your comrades and you should be protecting them. This shit is important, you know? These people are high value to you. And as such, you're all in this together. I want you to remember that. It can be a little bit dehumanizing when you're standing amongst a crowd of very quiet people trying to listen in to a rally speaker on a really shitty megaphone. I know, I know, it can get a little dull sometimes too. But remember, these are your comrades. What to watch out for? Well. To my mind, 
And in this context, I'd say this particularly with tomorrow, this is pretty clear, mostly cops, okay? A little bit fascists, maybe, you know, alt-right people, that, that's a thing and that's a factor. And the media as well, okay? But mostly cops. We've identified three broad groups of people here. I say police officers, alt-right slash fascist slash other provocateurs, and the media. Firstly, what do the media do? Well, we covered this before. They film you, they try to interview you, and at all times, you are the other. They are never there to humanize you, okay? They are always there to get you saying or doing something dumb that they can put on the rally. Now, when I say all this, I'm not necessarily including independent media. You may find that independent left media is going through the rally, uh, talking to people. I introduced this episode by talking about the amazing info dissemination role that Unicorn Riot and various other people have played in America in the context of the uprising there. I actually think that the, the spread of the uprising was as effective as it was in no small part due to their efforts in terms of speaking to people on the ground. So, you know, if you get some trustworthy left media who are walking around and simply speaking to protesters, great. But it, it also bears in mind that how do you know that this independent media, unless you know this person, you know, you've seen their face before, how do you know that you can trust that they are who they say they are? That's worth thinking about. I would still stick to a rule as a rally attendee where there's a lot of people who don't have the rally's best interests at heart of shutting your fucking mouth. What do the cops do? Well, they do a variety of things. Firstly, they do things like kettling people. Kettling people is moving them into position, molding and sculpting a rally, put you in, all into an area where you cannot move about and uh, sort of, you know, like <laughs> splitting up the rally uh, and, and, and effectively, you know, like interfering with the flow of the rally itself. At rallies they don't like, they do snatch and grabs, which is they will huddle together in a big mass and uh, usually along a cop line, walk out and grab someone. And they will take that person back into the huddle and they will arrest them. And that person is usually chosen at random. Thirdly, they do filming. They film people at rallies. As I said, sometimes there's drones up ahead filming everyone from high above. Sometimes they've got these very tall stick cameras. This is very popular with Vicpole and they're very high quality ones and they're using them to film the faces of everyone there just so they can get constant footage. If there's ever a scrum or a particularly tense bit, you'll notice a series of coppers will all come up and stand around and they'll use those stick cameras and hold them high up above just because they want to get filmed footage of what protesters are doing so that they can use that footage to arrest everyone later on. Fourth, and this ties into everything I've mentioned so far, but arresting, that is what they do. They want blood, they want sacrifices at a rally. Cops will arrest you or anyone they want. And they'll do it sometimes for strategies that you won't know about or understand. They'll do it whenever they want. And that is a strategy that they will deploy. They will do it to speakers. They will do it to individuals who are standing there with their hands linked. They will do it to people completely at random. You don't always have to understand it. You just have to know it is a thing that they can do. Particularly in New South Wales and Queensland, they can issue move on orders. I've seen them come up to young anarchist kids who had were holding a placard they didn't particularly like and go, I'm issuing you with a move on order before they even got to the protest. It's a thing. 
I, I have seen them misuse it as a kind of a way of just shaving down numbers at a rally before, to be honest. Um, I've been issued with a move on order in New South Wales before, uh, simply because they didn't like the cut of my jib, they didn't like it when I started. As soon as I said a swear word or two, they decided they didn't like it, they thought it was too provocative, and they issued me with a move on order. And if I had a state, I would have been arrested and carted off. So there's not much you can do if you're issued with a move on order. You know, you can potentially consider in the context of a large rally of thousands of people going a big wide way around and going in the other side. Um, but if it's a much more smaller protest, well, you know, um, do you want to get arrested? Something to think about. In Victoria, they can declare a protected zone. And this means, and we should know this by around today if they're going to do this, although I really would be surprised if they did. It means no masks. <laughs> they introduced this law in 2017 after a series of anti-fashion TVC fights and protests. Um, they decided they'd have an, had enough of masks and thought that they would reduce their civil liberties a little bit to deal with it. People should be wearing fucking masks because of coronavirus. So one would be very surprised if they did that. But they can do that. Keep an eye on my page. I will tell you all if I find out by this afternoon, because they do have to do it, I think, at the latest, about 24 hours beforehand. Um, if they declare a protected zone, that's obviously going to change a lot of this stuff. You're not going to be able to wear a mask. Um, it's something to be mindful of. Finally, they can use pepper spray. They will, they can, and they will use violence. I've seen this time and time again. The coppers are not your friends, and you should act as such. Don't provoke, don't bait. We've got a peaceful rally to try and protect the integrity of here. Finally, the third category I talked about earlier, fascists. What do fascists do? Well, I mean, it's 2020. They're pretty useless at the moment. They mostly just stand around doing the little okay sign and smiling smugly at you if they rock up to something at all. They, uh, they do follow people before and after a rally and they might hassle them. They might even get into a fight with them if they have come. Um, contextually, there are only a couple of groups who might be able to muster any kinds of numbers and um, they, aren't, they aren't much chop for this kind of thing. We don't have groups like we did in 2017, when, you know, 1617, when we had the True Blue crew who were ultra-violent and they were always there for a fight. It's just not the same thing at the moment. Check with seasoned anti-fascists like myself or Slackmastered before you decide to broadcast the online threat or the little rumour you've heard about who's showing up online. I, listen, if you've heard something and you look at my stuff and I'm not talking about it, that, that's for a reason. Because I probably know what you've heard about. And if I'm not talking about it, it's because there's a tactical reason to not talk about it. There's an important, there's an important reason to not necessarily promote everything a fascist is doing because actually they will use the work of of, of left groups to sort of rage share what they do as a promotional tactic. And I don't want to buy into that anymore. We've done that for far too long in the past. So check in if you hear or are concerned about something that fascists are doing. But when I tell you they're not much to worry about, I don't have a crystal ball out, but I am telling you, I don't believe that there's much to be concerned about at the moment. And not as much of a threat, particularly these days. That being said, I mean, I read out a message. There's this guy saying he's calling out to all patriots in Victoria to dress in black with a face mask and mix in with the crowd and film 
any violence that starts up because they've all been bamboozled by the media and they really think that the Black Lives Matter protests are just an excuse for violence. You know, they believe they believe the hype that their own mates invent. So, I mean, that may be the case. There may be one or two gronks who stick out like a sore thumb waiting for everyone to be a violent anarchist, antifa extremist. But we all know that's a fantasy invented to, to help uh, far-right people in America win the culture war anyway. Um, so I, I, I really think that they're going to go there and they're going to feel a little bit of fish out of water and bugger off. Um, it's all just... It's, it's important, though, to know that there are seasoned anti-fascists at every one of these rallies who know the people in question better than you and who are looking out for them and it's just one more reason if you see anything weird i talked about this before to talk to your comrades and fill them in okay talk to the people around you say hey look at that person i'm a little worried about that do you think we should be telling other people do you think we should tell organizers do you think we should tell others but on the whole, don't worry, they're all fucking losers. As I record this, the New South Wales Police have just announced that they're about to take the organisers of the Sydney Black Lives Matter protest to the Supreme Court to try and stop it, which obviously is not the way to create a harmonious vibe in which a series of peaceful protests go ahead. You know, I suppose that 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 introduces the the, the important point that Different states have different tactics. I mean, as far as I've seen, the Victorian police have said that they're not going to uh, fine anyone with summary notices for coronavirus, breaching coronavirus restrictions. Um, now New South Wales police are, are apparently going to try and stop the whole thing from happening. Look, it's not going to work. It's just going to create a more tense vibe because people are still going to fucking rock up tomorrow. Um, be safe, everyone. Next up. What to do if shit gets serious? Well, I would need to offer the proviso again. Remember, these are rallies organised by Indigenous rights groups and Indigenous people and people standing in solidarity with them. All of them have explicitly asked for these to be peaceful, non-violent rallies where social distancing is observed. So we're meant to be honouring their requests and so I do not view Black Lives Matter rallies in Australia as an opportunity to be a white anarchist hero. Not my jam anyway, but I'm just saying, consider that, you know, I myself, I've done head-on confrontation with fascists and such in communication with rally organisers at, you know, anti-racist and indigenous rights, and sex worker, and FEMO and refugee rights rallies through Yard for several years now. I've avoided fucking all that up and making a complete gun of myself um, through communication, through knowing the boundaries by establishing them beforehand by acting on the principle of protecting the rallies, trying to achieve a series of goals, not using them as a vehicle for my personal desired outcomes. So this is a Black Lives Matter rally. So I am putting black people first, and I'm putting the wishes of organisers first, mostly organised by indigenous groups. As I said, put indigenous people first. So I am the last person to tell you to go into hero mode. Don't fucking do it. Know your role. No, the boundaries. That being said, this is supposed to be a guide for what can or might happen at more rallies than just the ones happening right now. And I know cops start violence. If you weren't aware, you would be by now after seeing a week of Black Lives Matter live streams. They do it. It happens. I've seen it. At a rally, you're among comrades. You are meant to protect them even how you can. 
Also, let's consider that we've seen Black Lives Matter rallies turn up around the world. And it's not just in honour of the uprising we're seeing in America. It's also, as I said at the start, because many Western nations holding these rallies share that same history of colonialism drenched in blood, structural racism, police violence against black communities. We're a prime example of that here. So we have to set aside the possibility in our heads that the cops might make things get rough. They like to do it. And so I just wanted to make a couple of observations about what to do if shit gets real. Offer up, offer up some generic advice only in the spirit of keeping you informed so you're not at a loss as to what to do if the situation you enter into suddenly changes on you. First thing to note is pepper spray. Use water. Actually, you know what? First things first, look for street medics. Pepper spray sucks. It burns a lot. The Mark pepper spray that we use in Australia is far stronger than they use in most civilian contexts around the world. It's usually used, particularly in Victoria, as a foam. It's very hard to get off. So look for street medics. Any good rally has marshals who've organised that, you know, has street medics in attendance. Um, usually they tend to just rock up of their own accord anyway with first aid kits. They'll know what to do. It sucks though, it burns a lot and it blinds you for a while and it puts you on your ass. Uh, seek out street medics and use water. You've been probably been seeing a million things about all these kooky solutions to pepper spray and tear gas and what have you over in America. Ignore all that. It's water. Remember, you've been a good you've been a good comrade and you've packed some water in your backpack at the start. But first things first, before you try and drench it out of your eyes or do that with your friends and what have you, seek out a street medic. I wanted to make a quick notice to de arresting. We talked before about snatch and grabs. Coppers often do that to test the metal or the strength of a rally. If they can do it, they'll keep doing it. If they can't, they'll often revise their strategies to move or kettle protesters. If they're trying to do that to your comrades, what you can do is think about simply grabbing on and hugging the person being snatched to try and pull them back. That is a simple de-arrest and can be done, I've seen it done so many times. Remember that coppers aren't really selecting anyone for a tangible reason at the time. People susceptible to snatch and grabs are usually randoms. The coppers are not super invested in that one person. In the scrum of a rally that's gone awry, you actually can pluck them back. Remember that even when you see your mate being snatched. There is a small window of time in which you can possibly get your comrade back. Legal observers exist at rallies. If you see coppers doing anything terrible, if you need help, if you need attention drawn to it, you need a legal observer watching, someone filming ideally, what's going down. So get their attention. Find out at the start of a rally what kind of jacket they usually wear, something high-vis, usually with a words legal observer on the back of it. Find out who they are. It may come in handy. If things get awry, don't message a bunch of dumb shit on your phones. Metadata laws mean that Australian police can access hell of a lot of what you say online. Remember that. You may need to turn your phone off. Another thing to consider. Finally, I would add, because I don't want to get too in-depth in this right now, particularly considering we have a bunch of peaceful protests happening tomorrow, I want you to remember above all else, protect your comrades, take care of people around you, if someone's hurt, ask them or the people helping them if they need assistance. 
If people look like they need assistance, hit up marshals and observers and network, connect people with people. Consider you are one among many comrades. King Crooked, one of the best rappers to ever do it. It was released in the wake of Ferguson. It's called I Can't Breathe, about the death of Eric Garner. Still remains as relevant today, which is fucking tragic. It's still one of the best songs to come out of the, 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 the Ferguson riots, and I think it's still as applicable today. They tell me I'm resisting arrest, but I'm only protecting my breath. I can't breathe. The cops say the black man of death. They tell me that mentality left. It didn't leave. See, being black come with a price. Sometimes we gotta pay with our life. Our family grieves. The grand jury never indicts. The grand dragon's wearing his white. True indeed. No justice, no peace again. I won't trust the police again. Another black man murdered in the streets by police. He won't hug his own niece again. So what's a black mom tell her son? They might hate the mere sight of you. So no, I can't buy that pellet gun. They might try to Tamir Rice you. I guess the devil's job is never done. Respect the value of my life too. For me, change may never come. Cause I can't change into a white dude. Cops working with the prosecutor. Prosecutor manipulate the grand jury. Grand jury say it's no indictment. Send the community into levels past fury. Protesters on the sidewalk. They say Eric Garner was choked here. I say we burn this whole shit down. But won't nothing change when the smoke clear. That's cause the system is broken. Another victim of a choking. By a modern day lynch mob. The cops probably wish they could have roped them. How many tears gotta fall? How many peers gotta fall? The cops kill instead of capture. A black man of that stature. How many fears were involved? How many cheered what they saw? See, equality's the problem. How many years till it's solved? I think somebody won a race riot. But hip-hop isn't swayed by it. Too many black rappers selling out. You white rappers shouldn't stay quiet. Stay quiet. Where's your hand, buddy? Where's your hand, buddy? They tell me I'm resisting arrest, but I'm only protecting my breath. I can't breathe. The cops hate a black man to death They tell me that mentality left, it didn't leave See being black, it come with a price Sometimes we gotta pay with our life, our family grieve The grand jury never indict The grand dragon wearing his white, true indeed I can't breathe I can't breathe I can't breathe I can't breathe Who to donate to, who to support. If you're looking for people to support in the Australian context, there's many different suggestions. I hope to put a few more links than even the ones I discuss here in my bio, but some ones that you know are important to me and that I've 
often raised and discussed before. I'll list them now. Um, first of all, I really believe in this organisation and everything they do, Sisters Inside, and in particular the Free Her campaign. We spoke to Debbie Kilroy, who heads up Sisters Inside in episode 10 of the podcast. Um, Sisters Inside is a not-for-profit organisation. It's about prison abolition. It advocates for the collective human rights of women and girls in prison and their families. The work that they have done to free Aboriginal women from prison over shit like warrants and outstanding fines, absolute shit, is incredible. And I'll support them to the hilt. We've raised yard money before to contribute to the campaign. I hope that everyone can donate. If you're looking to donate right now, a lot of the biggest and most popular campaigns over in America, like the Minnesota Freedom Fund and what have you, they've been inundated with support. Dedicate your support to the local context. Support the Sisters Inside campaign. Another one, the Barpadilla Foundation's First Nations Artist and Community COVID-19 Appeal. Another person I've spoken to in this podcast. I spoke to Nathan, I think, back in episode eight or nine. Community-run, not-for-profit organisation, raising money, money that you can track, money that has clear accountability lines to support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists and communities affected by the coronavirus pandemic. The National Justice Project. It's a non-profit legal service that represents people who would otherwise be unable to find legal representation. They do incredible work. I'll put links up to them and a series of other ones later on, and I'll do that inside the notes for the episode so that you can have a look at different options. I want you to look at them and I want you to take a bit of action, put your money where your mouth is if you're in a position to be able to. And remember, these are ways, and also broadcasting this to your friends, are ways in which you can support Black Lives Matter and Indigenous rights in Australia without necessarily having to go along to the protest. Okay, don't have to endanger yourself or your lungs, all right? There are other ways to go about this. But if you are headed along tomorrow, I hope these tips and these suggestions have helped you. If you have any interesting stories from tomorrow or anything I need to know about, remember to hit me up. I exist on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the whole kit and caboodle. If you head along to one of the protests tomorrow and you see anything you need to talk to me about, I always appreciate that contact. And again, stay safe.